Why are you afraid, he says. Do you still have no faith? Don't be afraid. It's a message we hear over and over throughout scripture, more than a hundred times. Don't be afraid. God says it to Abraham and to Moses. Jesus says it to his disciples. Angels say it when they appear to people. Angel Gabriel says it when he appears to Mary. Do not be afraid. This message we hear over and over. And I was reflecting, I was reading a reflection on this recently where the author pointed out that don't be afraid can mean more than one thing. A lot of times we might say, don't be afraid. And what we mean is there's nothing to be afraid of. Don't be afraid because there's nothing to worry about. But don't be afraid can also mean, yeah, there is something to worry about, but I'm here with you. Today is Father's Day, of course. And in five years of being a father, certainly I've learned that parenting is one place where we can experience this difference. Anybody who loves a small child knows that reassuring from fears is a big part of the job. And sometimes there are fears that we can really say, don't worry. There actually is nothing to be afraid of. Sometimes the monster in the closet isn't real. The bad dream is now ended. But sometimes we really can say, it's okay, there is nothing to fear. But the hard part about being a parent is that we can't always say that. No, that particular dog isn't likely to bite, but sometimes bites happen. No, our house is not likely to burn down in the middle of the night, but fires do happen. There really are dangers and risks in this world that much as we would like to as parents or as people who love each other, we can't make them go away. A few weeks ago during the violence in Israel and Palestine, I read an article by a parent in Gaza talking about how their child had said, now that the power's been knocked out, can they still bomb our building? And this parent trying to reassure her said, no, honey, they can't see us in the dark. But he knew, and we as readers knew that it wasn't so simple. Today, we are baptizing a little person into the family of Jesus, Bobby. And I pray that Bobby will grow up not in places of war, but in places of peace, surrounded by friends and family and able to run and play and be free and flourish. And yet there's no getting away from the fact that Bobby, just like each of us, has been born into a world with storms in it a world with big and risky forces that we can't control. It would be really nice to be able to say today to Bobby, don't be afraid. Now that you are being baptized, there is nothing to fear ever. Your life will be an easy life, free of suffering and drama and unpleasantness. Once you pass through these waters, the waters of your life will be smooth sailing. That's not what baptism is about. So we can't say that to Bobby today. And yet we can still say to her, 
don't be afraid. Because for one thing, we are here with her. We will say that very clearly in a few moments when we promise to love and support this person in her life in Christ. And more important even than that, what we can say is that Jesus is here with her. That as she embarks on a life that will have its joys and also its storms, she has a guide with her in the boat, a good guide, an experienced guide. Just as he's here with each of us who loves him. There's a form of Christianity out there that we sometimes hear about called the prosperity gospel, a mistaken form that basically suggests that if you pray enough and if you're faithful enough, that God will reward you with riches and comfort, and God will solve your problems for you. That's an attractive message, and I kind of wish it were true. But a few moments of observation of the real world suggests that it's not. You might love Jesus and have faith and you might still be poor. A lot of disciples through the ages have been. You might be imprisoned. A lot of disciples through the ages have been. You might get cancer. You might lose your job. You might lose loved ones. You might indeed lose your home in a fire. That's one that we know too well in this congregation. And even if none of these particular things happen to you, you will lose loved ones, you will grow old, your body and your mind will start working in ways that are beyond your control. And one day you will close your eyes and die because you are human. And so was Jesus. And Jesus certainly didn't get an escape card from suffering. In the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed to be spared it if he could but he was too faithful to run away. And his faithfulness won him not a throne or a mansion, but a cross. But because Jesus has been through that cross, we can be all the more sure that he is with us when we suffer. Yes, there are actually things to be afraid of. And yet we can still take confidence knowing that we have a guide who's been through it and who can lead us. Now this weekend, we celebrated a holiday that is both very new and very old. Yesterday was the 19th of June or Juneteenth. And it's a holiday that is new in one sense because it was signed into law this week as a federal holiday for the first time. Although it's been celebrated officially in many states for a long time. But among black folks, it has been celebrated for more than 150 years because it marks the day more than two years after the Emancipation Proclamation and more than two months after Robert E. Lee's army had surrendered in Virginia that liberation from slavery finally reached as far south as Texas, as Galveston, Texas. And in honor of that liberation, that delayed liberation, we rejoice. And in honor of that liberation, it's a good time this weekend to look to the Black church for wisdom, as it's pretty much always a good time. Because the wisdom of the Black church in particular is a wisdom that has been forged through suffering. 
through unjust suffering. And a faith that has learned that God is there in the suffering. It's a faith forged through 300 years of enslavement and trauma and torture and through more storms after Juneteenth, storms of reconstruction and Jim Crow and redlining and incarceration. And that wisdom comes through in some of the old songs from slavery times. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. Nobody knows but Jesus because he has been through this trouble. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And then it takes a turn because where we would expect a cry of dereliction, we get glory. Glory, hallelujah. Glory in the middle of trouble. Not Jesus took my troubles away. Jesus waved a magic wand. Not I didn't have to suffer in the first place because I know Jesus, but when I did, even in the, even in the worst and bleakest circumstance, Jesus was there. From the lips of this singer comes this shout of praise because they know that who is with them in the boat. And it's a line that reminds me of another line from our prayer book. It's a line that we said just over a week ago as we buried our sister, Rebecca Gabasha. In the burial liturgy, in the commendation, we say, all of us go down to the dust. Yet even at the grave, we make our song. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. This is a faith that doesn't pluck us out of the grave, but carries us through the grave. And where we know that even at the grave, we can sing alleluia. Even in the midst of our trouble, Jesus knows it. And we can sing glory, hallelujah. Because he's there in the boat. And he says, don't be afraid. Not because there's nothing to fear out there, but because I am with you. I am with you always, even to the end of the ages.